We're going to do a, a, a relationship kind of roundtable, just some discussion this morning. Uh, having been Valentine weekend, we had a, had a wonderful time up here uh, with the EXO conference uh, this weekend, and what a success it was, too. Uh, we we kind of capped it at 60, not sure what we would get with it actually falling on Valentine's Day, but we had 60 people, So, and we had people calling to ask if they could get in. It's like, no, you cannot come. Do not come and work on your relationship. We won't let you in here. But we just decided this morning that it would be good for, for you to get an opportunity to, to hear from some other folks. You know, there's a lot of wisdom in this body. There's a lot of people that have some experience, and they've, they've, they've got wisdom. They've got good things to say. Unfortunately, I couldn't find any of those people, so I'm going to ask our couples to come up here. <laughs> Give them a hand as they come up here. All right. Just to start off, I'm going to ask these guys to, to introduce themselves and tell us how long they have been married. What, what I wanted to do is get, get a couple that's, that's still young in their marriage, get a couple that's, they've been around the block a few times, and then get some old folks. But <laughs> <laughs> Wisdom comes with age, right? <laughs> Lots of it. So... Introduce yourself, introduce your wife, and tell us how long. You don't get to hold it. So, that's. Uh, Steve Rybacki and my beautiful bride, Sarah Rybacki. We've been married. We did the math this morning. We had our little calculators out, and I think we came up with uh, 22 years this August. So. 22 years. All right. Now, Sarah has told me not to let you answer any of the questions, so that's all you get to say this morning. <laughs> this is my beautiful bride, Marcy. I'm Rick. And we have been married, this year will be 43 years. 43 years, wow. Chris, I don't know why you put us up here. (laughs) Because I I could make you do something, that's why. Okay, all right. So uh, I'm Jonathan, and this is Elise. We're the Puckets. Uh, We've been married for almost five years, come June. Almost five years. So we've got some guys that are relatively new. They've got babies at the house, babies at my house, that uh, like to wake up at odd times of the night. That's okay. I thought we were done with that, but, you know. All of you uh, empty nesters that are feeling that, that pull, go, oh, my kids are gone. Don't worry about it. They come back. They come back. So we've got a few questions, and these questions are not necessarily just for uh, married people. There, there are some that will definitely be for married people, but especially when we're talking about communication, you could apply this to, to any relationship in your life. So as you're hearing this, don't check out is what I'm saying. Oh, I'm not married. Don't check out. Don't. If, if, if you're unmarried, if, if you're a single, and let me say this to our singles, it's okay to be single. It really is okay to be single. You may have a longing in your heart. You may have a desire in your heart to be married someday or, or married again someday. But you've got a, a wonderful opportunity just to be with Jesus. 
So take that time and let God work on you. Sometimes I see people and they're like, I need a man or, you know, I want a, I want a girlfriend. But they're messed up. And I'm like, would you really want to drag that mess into a relationship? No. Let God work on you. And as he works on you, then, wow, he's just going to open up a, a door for you. And you're going to be surprised at who he, he brings through. Because you can look up here. And you can see, some, somebody told me, and, and hey, not trying to be sexist, but I thought it was funny. Uh, somebody told me that he heard a preacher say, hey, uh, you can really tell a man of God when you look at his wife because he always married out of his league. Amen. You can look up here and see the men of God. And if you've never met my wife, if you've never, never seen my wife, I must be the most holy man on the planet because she is awesome. She is awesome. All right, so it's time for me to stop talking, and we're going to ask these guys some questions here, and we're going to start with communication. Here's our first question. Some have said listening is the most important part of good communication in marriage. Do you agree? Why or why not? We'll just start right here. Yay. <laughs> Um, my first reaction to that was, yes, absolutely, listening is the most important part because you want to be kind and you want to understand rather than react. But as I thought about it, I realized that communication goes both ways. And I struggle with expressing myself. I'm a great listener. I know a lot about him. He just found out that I like Yorkies, and we've been married 21 years. <laughs> So, sorry, what was that? Was that Dorkies? <laughs> yeah. Like Dorkies? That's why you married him, right? And um, he said, why did I never know that? And I think I, I do not express my feelings and my likes very well. He helps me with that. So I think it's as important to learn to, uh, to, learn to express yourself as it is to listen. That's a, that's a good answer. Didn't it? Anybody else want to add on to that? Was, that was great, wasn't it? Okay. We'll just move on to right here. What do you consider good communication? And do you have any tips to putting those skills into practice? Mr. No, Moore? no, no. Oh, um, absolutely. Um, by the way, this is the answers Marcy told me to read. So. <laughs> Listen twice as much as you talk. Um, that's from here. Yeah, see, I told you I was going to read. And then one of the things we did, we've done over the years is set aside some sacred time, uh, usually Saturday mornings, where it's just she and I, so that we can listen to each other. Because everybody wants to be listened to, right? But not only listened, but understood. Yeah, some people are just more... Ver oh, you clap. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times in a relationship, one will be more verbal than the other. So the, the more verbal one sometimes has to learn to listen better. Wouldn't you agree, Mr. Rybacki? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Listening is, uh, you know, there's a, a saying that God gave us two ears and one mouth, and we should use them proportionately, and I definitely agree with that. But like Sarah said, uh, communication is an exchange. Um, Without that exchange, you're just talking. So, Amen. Are y'all taking notes? Because that's pretty good. Here's our next question. 
Seems like many couples put an emphasis on nonverbal communication. Why is nonverbal communication in marriage so important? And we could even tag on to um, sometimes, sometimes in a relationship, people are giving you nonverbal by, you know, looks and stares and the way they're acting. And hey, there's not a guy in here that is married that has not looked at his wife and said, Are you okay? I'm fine. She may have been verbal, but she's being very nonverbal with what she really wants to say. So, nonverbal relationship is nonverbal important? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So, I think mainly because I could say one thing, right? And then she interprets it completely differently. And I'm like, and then later, I'm like, wait, I said this. And she's like, no, you didn't. You didn't, you didn't say that. And I'm like, well, if, you know, we were recording the history of what we were saying, I said this, right? And it was like, it was actually this nonverbal thing that happened, right? And it also falls into like the tone, right, of how I say things. So, and so that can be completely contrived differently by how she perceives it, right? And that's totally valid. It's totally a valid thing. So I have to be aware and conscious of my countenance, right, on my face, how I'm presenting some information or asking a question, right? Is it actually a loving expression, right? Is it a loving tone? So, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Being my favorite daughter on the stage here, I know you quite well, and I know that you are very black and white. Yeah. So, you interpret something just like he was saying. So when you are having this, you think he has said something and you've interpreted it differently. How do you guys work through that? It took a lot of practice to do it well and to have a healthy outcome. But what we have found is um, being honest up front. So if he says something to me, but I interpret it differently, yeah. and then he comes back with the, I didn't say that, you know. I could say, well, babe, the way that you said it quickly and didn't look me in the eye, or maybe you said it, but then you didn't do it, that communicated something else to me. Yeah. And um, I think just being honest and being open to receive on both parts and willing to understand the other person's perspective and not just say, well, I interpreted it this way, that's what it is, right? But just being willing to um, listen and to receive on both sides. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I... It's not your turn. It's not your turn. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no, no. And I just wanted to say earlier, and I'll say it again, you know, that form of communication is valid, right? It's totally valid. You have to be quick to evaluate how did I communicate this to my spouse? You know, I'm not... I can't hold up this brick wall and just say, no, I said this, and you better deal with it. It's like you have to be quick to forgive, quick to analyze your own communication. Yeah, so, Amen. definitely. The way Lisa and I communicated early in our marriage was at high volumes and I was going to win. So it didn't matter how loud we got. I could get louder. I could talk longer. And I was going to win. And I knew that I had won when she was quiet. I won the argument. The last one talking is the one that wins the argument, Right. God really, really, really had to, had, had to break my heart 
for my wife. It's not that I didn't love her, obviously, but whatever we were arguing about, I was on one side, she was on the other side, and obviously I was right, or we wouldn't be arguing, because she would know that I was right, we wouldn't be arguing. But the Lord really had to break my heart to hear from her, because I'm very, very verbal. I want to talk all the time, and she may be answering me, But the problem is, I'm already thinking of the next thing I'm going to say. I'm not even listening to her. So, guys, gals, whoever you are, one of you is probably more verbal in the relationship. And let me give you a prophetic word from the Lord. Shut up. Okay? Just be quiet a little bit and learn to listen. Amen? All right. Yes, sir. You want to say something? Yeah, I do. Three, three quick things. One, you've heard the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? For the sender, remember that. Your, your body language and what you're doing is worth a thousand words when they may only be saying one word. For the receiver, Marcia and I love to use the scripture, think on these things, whatever is true. So when somebody's talking to you and maybe you're offended by it, if your spouse is, Stop and think about, well, what is true about Marcy? I know she loves me with all her heart. So why would I interpret it that way? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. And I can't remember what the third one was, so, yeah. <laughs> she didn't write it down for you. <laughs> all right, Marcy, we'll finally let you talk here. It seems sometimes we bring up things in a relationship and uh, the other, the, the, the spouse or whoever you're in a relationship with will say, this is not a good time to talk about it. Is there ever a good time to talk about it? You chose the one question where we wrote, we've never had this. <laughs> um, I think the, the worst thing you can do is to clam up and not talk about something um, because you're giving the enemy the foothold to work all kinds of lies in in your relationship. If you've read into it or you're overthinking, I'm an overthinker, so I can go through the whole thing. That's why the whatsoever is true is so important um, to come back to what what is true, what God says is true. Um, so I think that's very important with um, the, yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Well, I heard you guys practicing this one this morning, and you actually said something very wise. So I'm going to ask you the the same question. Is there ever a good time to talk about it? You think think way too highly of me, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So is there ever a good time? Uh, Yes, but I, I think we have to examine the situation that we're in because I think it's actually more mature to say, hey, hey, I'm not in a good place right now to talk about this. Like, because you know in the back of your mind, if we talk about this, it's going to blow up, right? Because I'm actually, if you can look inside yourself and say, hey, I'm not in a good place right now to communicate like respectfully with you and honor you in a good way. So can we talk about this later? You know, can we talk? And then one of the things we were talking about is like actually setting a time, like literally set a time on the calendar. Hey, tomorrow night, you know, Tuesday night after the kids go to bed, can we sit down and like talk face to face about this and sit it down? Because you're not running away from it, right? It's just 
finding the right time to talk about it when, when emotions are low, you know, it's not hyped, and, and you can communicate in love again with each other. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I'm glad you said that because we actually wrote that down on another question. But I would add to that, it took me till I was 50 years old to quit trying to win the argument. And I'm going to write and I'm going to keep saying it till he hears what I'm saying. Um, and what I have learned that in the midst of it is not the right time to have that conversation. And sometimes I have to look at him like we're in the car driving along. We've gotten in a big argument and I am really mad. And then I have to stop and I have to look at him and I go, I need a moment. I, I need and I turn my head and I look out the window and I pray and I pray for the Holy Spirit to come because if he doesn't, I'm going to punch him. And can you believe that with someone as perfect as my husband that I feel that way? Seriously. Um, but I find I, it took me till I was 50 to learn how to stop myself and make myself calm down, calm down and get rid of that fight or flight. You know, I'm either going to clam up or I'm going to let you have it um, syndrome. And to, to stop that right then. And think about what's true. And then, and it only takes now a few seconds before I can turn around and go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I just said and did. Here's what I was trying to say. Amen. I've, I've, I've learned over the years to quickly repent for some of the dumb things I've said. There's moments now it's coming out of my mouth and I'm already going, get back in, get back in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. But sometimes... And some of you may relate to this. I just want to deal with it now. She may not want to deal. I want to deal with it now because I'm stirred up about it now. And if we wait, I won't be as stirred up or I'll probably forget what we were talking about. So that's, that's kind of where I am with it. All right, guys. Should we ever keep a secret from one another? Or are there some topics we can consider private? I don't know about private. That sounds that sounds bad to me. But I do think that there are times where you don't have to tell your spouse everything. If you had a moment of temptation, but you didn't act on that temptation, there's no reason in telling your spouse, hey, um, you know, I was tempted by this, but I'm good. I'm not struggling with it. It's not crossed my mind again. Because I think it just allows your spouse to go, huh. Right, and worry. Yeah. If it's something that you're struggling with, A, you need to find someone to help you with it. And if that's not your spouse, because there are some cases that your spouse doesn't need to to be the one to counsel you through something. Um, And maybe talk with whoever you're counseling with about, hey, how do I present this to my spouse? I love them, but I know this is going to hurt them. How, How... how should I present this to them? That's good. Would avoiding conflict entirely really be a serious problem? Why or why not? I think absolutely. Uh, if it's a conflict in your marriage, it's, it, it has to be dealt with. Um, if not, it's just going to fester and fester and fester until it will boil over. It's going to boil over. You live together. You're with each other. Very, very, I mean, most of the time. So um, I don't like having conflict. I think early on in our, in our marriage, we decided to, when I say we decided, I told her we need to talk about stuff. She's got to be more open with me. Um, 
Because I want to know. I mean, we want to grow together and grow old together. And if I don't know what's going on with her, then, then it just drives that wedge between us. So. Mm-hmm. What about a, a, a non-marriage relationship asking the same question? Should, should we delve into to things with people if we know that it might bring some conflict? Well, I, I hope I answered this right. I think that many times we need to go ahead and lean into those things, um, even if it does bring conflict. I like to think of it this way. Um, how many of you guys have ever ridden in a car? Anybody? Wow, that meant all of you walked here. Okay. When I'm, when I'm in my car... I want healthy friction between that tire and the road as I'm driving down it. And in all relationships, we should all have a little healthy friction because we're never going to agree upon everything. And healthy friction is where each of us learn how to love each other, to listen to each other, and to forgive each other. That's good. That wouldn't. That was off the top of his head. All right. Uh, Sometimes my spouse struggles with insecurity. How can I increase their self-esteem? Answer for that. (laughs) He's very good at building my self-esteem. But um, if your spouse struggles with insecurity, I genuinely believe that you should be their biggest fan. Well, period. Whether they struggle with insecurity or not, you are their... (laughs) Hello. Um, you are their biggest fan through thick and thin, even if they are struggling, even if they are going through something that you are not fond of, maybe it's even a point of embarrassment at times, whatever, if it's between you or if it's just on them, you are their biggest fan. And so for me, as a practice, I try to affirm, I mean, this is his love language, I know, is words of affirmation. So every day I affirm, I affirm. I affirm with my words. I try to build him up. I want him to know that he's it for me um, and that I think he's wonderful. (laughs) No, uh, that was really good. Uh, The reason why, you know, um, I gave the mic to her is just because she has been my biggest fan and and I'm just uh, so thankful, you know. Um, And it's really like... It's in times where I needed it, and it's in times when I didn't know I needed it, right? When she came to me, and she told me, babe, I believe in you, you know? I believe in what you're doing, you know? I, I, I love you, and I'm, I'm by your side, like, through thick and thin, you know? And that just builds me up to be like, man, I could do anything. I could run through a brick wall right now. Like, this is awesome. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Can I so, say one more thing? Oh, mm-hmm. no? <laughs> Sorry, just one quick tidbit, too. It's your responsibility to see who God says that your spouse is. That's good. So even in the times when they don't see it, your responsibility is to say, I know you are a man of God. And that's who you, that's who you affirm. That's who you yeah. pour into you. Does that make sense? That's good. Yeah. That's good. Anybody else want to add to that one? Or is that just the puckets? Okay. They, they said every one of our bullet points um, and spot on. I was going to say that when you look at the wounds and lies in your, in your spouse's life, that affirmation and that being the most important thing in the world to them comes out. For me, at 14, when my dad divorced my mom, I felt like if, if my dad doesn't want me, why would any man ever want me? I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not something. And when we got married, I worked through it, but I didn't know the wounds were there. So the insecurity kind of followed me. 
And into our marriage, the first three years I had nightmares that, and he, in my dreams, would come up with another woman in his arm around her and laugh in my face. Um, because I thought, any minute now, he's going to tell me, you really didn't think you were good enough for me to stay, did you? Um, and that was a lie. It was a lie. He has told me my entire life, I'm his treasure. Every day, almost, he'll tell me, you're my treasure. And every day, he will use lines like, when I just go, I'm so hot. He goes, yes, you are. And that's increased a lot the last few years. I don't know, you know, where she says I'm hot. It's hot flashes. Okay. Okay. This is kind of just off the cuff, but... So some of us have those spouses that were like, yeah, but my spouse does this, 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 and this, and we can see all of their flaws and their faults. What do I have to cheer them on to? And like Elise said, um, encourage them in the man or the woman that God made them to be. And if you have kids, you do it with your kids, so you can do it with your spouse. So. That's good. Well, okay, so <laughs> I'll try to do this somewhat quickly, but several years ago, I really felt like God laid it on my heart that as if we would love our spouse, and he put it in my mind specifically as if, if women would love their husbands, the way that we love our kids, how much better would our relationships be? Because our kids can do some really hurtful, unkind things to us. They can use us, abuse us. Um, they can be very unlovely. And yet we look at them and we see the best in them. We forgive them. We cheer them on. Um, and it's a choice that we make. It is not a feeling that we have. That feeling is there, but it's the same with our spouse. It is a choice that we make to love them in every way. So. Amen. Notice that a lot of the, what we're talking about is communication things. Having, you know, met with lots of couples and talked with people over the years, what most couples struggle with is communication. It may show up in, in uh, their sex life. It may show up in money. But what they struggle with is communication. If we can communicate with one another, if we can talk to one another, if we trust each other enough to just be vulnerable and open up everything, then your relationship is going to be so, so much stronger. All right, we're getting close to our time. Wow. So just a few more questions, and we'll, we'll end up here. Let's see. If one spouse has a friend of the opposite sex at work, would that be an issue? I'll come around here. We've actually talked about this uh, at length, um, not because it's been really an issue with us, but I think really it comes down to the definition of friendship at work. I mean, to have a friend that's just nonchalant, you're friendly with one another is one thing. But to um, actually pour yourself out to someone else uh, of the opposite sex at work, I think that opens nothing but bad doors and opportunities that you should not allow yourself to, to move in towards. I really do. 
Yeah, I, I think I think it depends. Like uh, Steve was saying, it, it's like okay. Also, in like proximity, you know, are are you spending a lot of alone time with this person? Is it just like you and them the whole time, right? Or are you like, is it more open and you just see them once every once in a while? You know what I mean? I think you have to guard those types of situations, right? Because if you're spending eight hours a day alone with someone in a room or something like that that's an unhealthy situation. It could be an unhealthy situation. Um, so you want to examine that. And, um, you know, I think if you were in a situation like that, I don't think you need to be super awkward and blow things up and be like, get away from me, Jezebel. <laughs> you know, like, don't do that. But, you know, be professional about it. Maybe go talk to your boss. Be like, hey, I'm just not comfortable with this. Do you think maybe we can move our seating arrangement around or maybe something like that? It's just not... Ashley and Dave Willis uh, were at the EXO conference. They're amazing people. We listen to their podcasts. They're awesome. Really highly recommend it. But what they were talking about was like asking the question, is this person unsafe for you? Um, You know, and and, yeah, and being honest about that, like really actually thinking about that. Is it, is this unsafe? You know? And so examining that, I think is healthy. Yeah. Amen. So... Is it wrong to talk to close friends, even of the same sex, about arguments and things that are going on with your, your spouse? I'm guessing you want to answer this, Marcy. You betcha, because I think it's so important. You should be the number one champion of your spouse, and that means not talking about them or dissing them behind their back, not going and complaining or gossiping or talking to a friend. Of, you won't believe what he did to me. That's the worst thing you can do in your marriage, and you should not share that with others. Now, there's a time you can seek wise counsel. And you can go to someone and say, in in all pureness of heart, this is what happened. Could you help me with what I'm not seeing? What Help me see me. You know, Help me see what I need to fix. That's a big difference in going behind your spouse's back and and saying bad things about them or cutting them down or... You know, any of those things, you just really want to be their champion. What about mother-in-laws? I'm, I'm sure it's nobody up here. But <laughs> Should, is it okay? Is it okay for the wife to talk to her mom about issues she's having? With her hubby. Um, <laughs> just like anything, um, you know, one of the definitions that God puts in the Bible of love is love always protects. If you have no problem flinging your husband or wife in the mud and letting them know, you know, somebody know all of their failures and whatever, then you've got an issue. Right, there's a heart problem. Yeah. And so um, I think it is okay to talk to them to get counsel, but it's not okay to just fling them in the mud and not think about it. Amen. All right, last question, and we'll, I want everybody to answer this one. What is the most important quality of a successful marriage? I guess the generic answer here would be love. Obviously, it's not generic because it is the it's the most important thing. Um, 
but you have to be open with one another. You have to let each other know the, the thoughts that you're having, the feelings, the emotions that you're having, and be prepared to have those, you know, uh, to have your wife tell you exactly what she's going through and just communicate. You've got to communicate. That, that would be my word, communication. Amen. <laughs> well, I'm going to answer generically because it's love. And it is not the feeling. It is the definition, the biblical definition of love. You are patient. You are kind. You do not hold grudges. Um, you go through all of those and you practice those. Some you're good at, some you're not good at. But if you do all of those things, then you are serving your spouse for their benefit, not yours. If you'll do this one thing, one thing, a lot of the other things in your relationship you'll be able to take care of so much easily. And that is have a safe place. No matter what, your spouse should be your safe place to come home to. Think about your relationship you have with God. What is it you love about him? It's that you can go and just fall into his arms and be yourself. But I do believe if you'll just have that safe place, that's the a lot of, of course, there's a lot of other things, but that when I think of the number one, that's what I think of. Safe place. I thought he meant a closet that he hides from Marcy in. <laughs> I know second. where that's he hides. <laughs> um, and, and we both agree with the safe place. I think that comes with trust. Um, that I know no matter what, he's got my back. And I know no matter what, he would, if someone walked in this room right now with, AR-50, whatever you call those, 15. He would throw me down the ground and fall on top of me to protect me. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that he is, that I can trust him. And so creating that safe place for me, for him to be, for him, the safe place meant I had to make sure he came home to joy, a joy-filled house, not a, you won't believe what your kids did. Well, it's always his kids if they're bad. They're <laughs> Um, they're, they're good. They're my kids. Um, but that take, take away the nagging, the criticizing, the honey-do list that you're nagging them about over and over and over and think about how can I make him where he cannot wait till he has Marcy time. Um, and I, I couldn't actually agree more than with all of these answers. I'll give the more Christianese answer, all right? No, uh, no uh, I, I believe it is... Uh, your relationship with God. So I, I think if you, and, and this, this isn't her relationship with God. Let's get this right, okay? It's my relationship with God. Because if I don't have a connection and an understanding of who God is and who he says I am, I will never see her the way that God sees her. And I can't love her. I can't do those things. I, I, I can't give her what she needs because I'll be empty. You know, so. She trained him well. <laughs> uh, yeah, my response is, man, there's like a million things popping in my brain because um, it does take a lot to have a healthy, growing marriage. But I would say that something that is invaluable is a united pursuit of Christ. You know, a united pursuit in the Lord, knowing your identity individually in the Lord, and then having a united pursuit in the Lord. Because when you're doing that, yeah. then you're also going to have kind of that healthy friction 
that Rick was talking about, sharp, iron sharpening iron, iron sharpening iron. He pushes me toward the Lord. I push him toward the Lord. So a united pursuit in the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Hey, will you give a round of applause to our wonderful panel here this morning? <laughs>